サードコーストベースラジオラディオスサヘルサリスベースティサンハイアンディインショインチトリチラジオバスギターレバシシルバスハディオカティオイ
fucking mix was absolutely uh it was just so beautiful so we got danny in here aka without what's up how you doing i'm doing great how about yourself yo i'm doing amazing um so we're just gonna go ahead and jump right into it who's danny um what's your background tell me a little bit about you um gosh go on about the day i was born and everything but music wise i guess i would say um been producing for a couple years now um Started back in college, uh, primarily DJing, um, producing in a duo, a dubstep duo, so that was fun. <laughs> um, mainly DJing, you know, frat parties and house parties and stuff. Um, once I graduated, um, I started doing more actual, like, production and kind of stopped DJing because there really weren't any DJ gigs. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's been pretty cool just 
producing and falling more in love with production. Because in the beginning, it was definitely more, I, I was a DJ and producer second, and now it's it's flipped, and I'm glad because I, I love production, and I kind of can't imagine going back to like only being a DJ. Nice. Super badass. So do you have any previous uh, musical experience? Are you like classically trained? What was your, your musical upbringing? What was the, uh, I guess, the spark? Yeah, definitely. Um, Mom put me into piano lessons very early on, so did that um, as a kid. Um, got really tired of it, you know. It's kind of like that. I don't want to play piano, kind of thing, you know. Now <laughs> no looking back, does. right? Looking back on now, I'm like, damn, I could have known so much theory. But uh, um, I actually stopped playing piano so I could play guitar instead. Cause I really wanted to be in a band, so picked up the guitar, did that. Um, played in a couple metal bands in like high school, kind of cliche emo scene kid metalcore thing. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, I went to my first electronic. I, I started getting into EDM end of high school. I heard Rusko's Woo Boost, and that that changed it all. Um, went to my first uh, EDM fest with some friends, and that also changed it all. I was like, this is sick. Um, I wasn't in bands at that point. That was, like, after my freshman year of college. Um, I wasn't really doing anything musically, uh, especially not, like, the metal scene. And I was like, I still want to make music, and this is pretty cool doing it alone. So... I got a copy FL of FL, and I bought a new Mark N4, and yeah, the rest is history. That's beautiful. You know what's funny? Literally everyone that I've spoken to, I think we have all gone through the same pace. So it's like, okay, I'm emo. I listen to metal. I listen right. to grunge. And then something happened. We discovered electronic music, and I don't know if it was because it's like the first cuddle puddle that you get right. into, but it's just... It changed my life. I remember for me, it was, I tell this story, I probably said it a million times now, but <laughs> Tiesto, 2011, back in Houston, Texas. Uh, my friend just gifted me a ticket. She was like, I can't make it. And right. it was like a really, really like front seat type shit. Right. And um, I was like, what is this? Like, what's happening right now? Who are these people? <laughs> what's going on? I fucking love this. And ever since then, it's just been, uh, it's history. And then I was like, fuck it. Well, now I want to make music. Now I want to produce music. Right. And it's just... Such a journey. I love electronic music so much. Right. So let's just go ahead and hop into your mix. I felt <laughs> just so emotional. I was like, I, I'm in, I'm in a video game. I feel like <laughs> I'm in just castles in the sky. Everything about that mix was amazing. So Aww. let's get into that. Were there some unreleased tracks in there? Let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, a couple unreleased. Um, trying to think, oh, what all was in there that was unreleased? I know for sure, um, I think one of the only collabs I put in there was my collab with my uh, homie Pericardium. Um, hopefully that will come out after my EP comes out. Um, just need to finish like mixing it, of course. Um, that's kind of like the side trance, four on the floor house uh, track. That's one of my favorites. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of the cuts from the EP on there, I think three of them made it on there. Um, and then, yeah, just like random. It was a lot of like, I kind of use this as a, uh, like a journey kind of because like, I just my first all original mix I've, oh I, I went there I'm, I'm very much like a, I, I've been a DJ so when I DJ I like to put my friend songs and stuff um, but it was cool like kind of just having this be an opportunity to like reflect on my journey and you know I got to put in songs I don't really put it into mixes um, right. I definitely formatted it in more of like kind of like a playlisting like you know play the full song next song starts kind of thing um, and it was cool it was just like for me it was very very emotional to like look back and be like, wow, this track that A, I never play and B, like, was one of the first I made is like still so dear to me. That's badass. Yeah. And that's really why I love this platform too, because not only is this like, okay, you, you're going to hear badass music, but it's like, this is all original music straight from the heart of this producer to your ear. So it's, it makes it even like that more intimate. Mm -hmm. um, so who, 
who would you say like inspires your your soundscape or even like I don't know like what artists were you like well shit this is this is it mm-hmm. this is what inspired me what what inspired right. that it's definitely that's definitely a difficult question I actually like I I talk a lot um, with friends about this question because I. I, especially more now as I'm diving into like, I hope like my own style and my own sound of like, it, it still is wave music at the end of the day if you really want to boil it down. But yeah. I try to put like my own spin on it. And, you know, obviously I look up to people in the wave scene, but really I, I'm I'm inspired from a lot of things just outside of that. Like one one artist who I really look up to um, as like an influence, maybe even an inspiration uh, would be like Lido. Like I love him so much just because he's multi-instrumentalist. He's an amazing songwriter, singer. Um, he pulls a lot from like emotion and I love that you really see that and hear that in his music. Um, whereas sometimes I feel like some of the EDM stuff is, is like, I don't know. I feel it comes from an area of just like, let's make bangers and let's just like <laughs> do crazy stuff in Ableton, which is dope. But, yeah. um, I really am inspired by artists who focus a lot on like the emotion behind the music. You know, it might not have to be complex or whatever, but just like good songwriting. Um, so like, yeah, Lido's one and I'm trying to think like there was, there's a couple others every now and then that I think of. Um, but He's definitely one. Okay. Yeah, I've I've had this conversation with a couple of people and it's it's funny how um music has kind of evolved. It's like <clears throat> a, a lot of tracks like like you said they're bangers and it's like cool, man, you're in the club and you're like fucking right. play that shit out, right. but there's no like actual replay value. Right. And one thing that I've kind of like I've I've started doing is I want to make music that you want to hear over and over again. Right. I don't want to be like, oh, let me play out. And it's not, it's usually just half of your track because the fucking DJ is mixing it. Absolutely. So you're like, oh, I only heard half of this track and it's a banger, but right. I probably won't ever listen to that shit again. So yeah, going into that, I, I think that's a really good like mindset to have as an artist. You want your shit, you want to touch people. You want to actually right. emotionally connect with someone through your music. So I really like that. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about, um, I always get a little bit philosophical, Mm -hmm. um, your life as producer, um, do you feel like artistically or even just mentally that being a producer or a musical artist has taught you something that you probably wouldn't learn otherwise? Oh, oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I mean, you know, the, the, the short of it would be that I think, everyone on this earth should have some kind of creative outlet, whether it's music, yes. drawing, painting, some kind of, you know, creative outlet. And I'm I'm thankful that music is mine. Um, God, yeah, I can't imagine not creating, you know, whether as a form of therapy, whether as a way to kill time, like there's just so many reasons to create art. And I'm happy that music is it. And yeah, it's taught me just, you know, so many different like, like patience and just, you know, technical skills and a lot of skills I can bring into like other areas of my life. Um, yeah, I'm, it, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, yeah. It's it's funny, um, because with me, I started, I was a I was a choir student, and I was in band, kind of learned a little bit of theory here, played the trumpet, um, but I don't know what the initial, like, wow, here it is, this is my life now, mm-hmm. but I know, I, rem- I I looked back and I, I saw a song that I made on my first doll FL. It was mm-hmm. back when it was Fruity Loops mm-hmm. Studio and it was trash. The beat was garbage. Oh, right. But I was like, this still kind of bangs right. because it came from me. And you're right about that. I believe everyone should have some type of creative expression in some form or some mannerism because if you don't, 
man, you're just living in little boxes and you're kind of going through the daily grind and that's cool and shit. And you might even be like rich, but like when you look outside, do you feel something? And it's about that emotional artistic expression. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. Sorry, we're getting a little bit emotional here, guys. <laughs> but no, all right. So I always like to pander to the producers too. Mm-hmm. So, um, what's your favorite doll? Um, do you do you have a particular doll? Do you use multiple dolls? Or I'm definitely Ableton. Um, I did have the journey of like I also like Fruit Loops. That was the first thing I ever got. Um, did that for a while. I actually tried to switch to Ableton a little bit into using FL. Failed. Well, I was just like, <laughs> what is this DAW? Um, and then I ended up switching to Logic because I got a MacBook. Um, and I had a friend who used Logic and it seemed pretty dope. And I used it. Honestly, I hated it. I, I fucking couldn't stand it. Um, <laughs> and then luckily another friend used Ableton. So I was able to learn by, I just copped a, a trial and basically just like went to his house for like a week straight and just like would produce. And I'd be like, oh, what's this? What's How do I do this? Um, so yeah, Ableton is amazing. Um obviously everyone has their own opinion i think it's one of the fastest workflows i mean i've only used a couple of daws but i think the workflow is amazing especially for electronic music i think it just lends itself super well um so yeah ableton is is the goat yeah i feel like it's an extremely like surgically precise tool Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just like what do you want to do the and it's funny because i think what happens with a lot of people who don't use ableton they they get overwhelmed because it's just a fucking you know blank daw but like it's it's ridiculous so as far as you being a producer, do you have like a favorite go-to VST? Are you more hardware, software? What's your mm-hmm. what's your uh, your workflow as far as that's concerned for sound design at least? Yeah, um, you know it's been changing lately. Um, I've actually been going like a, really back to like the, the metal roots. Honestly, I've been listening to like a ton of like metalcore, which is kind of funny. Nice. Um, but I've just, I've been playing guitar more, and actually I play a little bit of guitar on the EP. So um, it's really cool just to like like I can play keyboard. I know like basic theory. I know keys. I know scales. Cool. But it's been cool just like picking up the guitar and like jamming for like an hour, and then all of a sudden being like, oh, that's kind of a cool progression. Just, like recording that in, and either a keeping it as guitar, or b just pulling the notes and turning it into MIDI and putting it into any of the like you know silent or something. Um, it's been super inspiring, and it's been really a, a way to get out of the like because for a while there I was just getting bored of like okay let's open up a pe- preset and let's toss a delay on it. Let's make a cool art. Tweak it a little bit. Put a Reese on it. Like, you know, I still use Reese's, but it's just, it's cool to switch it up. So that's been a great way to take it out of the box a little bit, you know? Nice. So um, I guess let's dive a little deeper into the mind of a producer. Mm-hmm. So you have a blank Ableton session going. What is your typical workflow to producing music? How do you create your art? Mm-hmm. I'm definitely a melody first kind of person. I um, I just love writing melodies. I'm, I'm like I, I kind of I'm big on just songwriting and, and catchy things. So I love just writing a melody that's either catchy or something. Um, and then yeah, I usually honestly put like a Reese under it just because like I love the sound of a Reese. I'm sorry, like I love the sound of a Reese. You know, sine wave. Um, right. And like sure, like I, I do love using 808s too. But just something about having like the the fullness of a Reese underneath like a beautiful melody. Um, and then lately I've been using a lot of like breaks, like drum breaks, which has been really fun. Um, just finding a good one and like just cutting it up to pieces and going to town, like rewriting it, rearranging it. So usually it's like melody first and then kind of like the the bass, then maybe like the the drums. Um, but, you know, try, I still try to like break out of the, doing the same thing all the time, but definitely that the melody always kind of comes first. Nice. 
Yeah, I've, I've been trying to challenge myself recently to just kind of um, <clears throat> like, I guess, limit myself to create, like there's a track that I'm working on where I'm literally just using my subsequent mm -hmm. 37 for percussion everything. And it's just, it's, cool. it's kicking my ass, right. but <laughs> we're getting you there, a lot though. You know, um, so I know we were talking about you being, uh, you know, a producer and DJ and uh, it's kind of a new question I've been wanting to mm -hmm. throw into the podcast uh, because I see just shit on forums all the time, you know, oh, you should be a producer before DJ, blah, 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 blah. Like, how do you feel about that? What do you, what do you think, what do you think about the DJ that doesn't have one original track or the producer that tries to DJ and is terrible at right. it? Right. Oh man, that's such a, that's such a <laughs> divisive question. Um, it's tough. I, you know, I definitely used to have very like, uh, intense, like opinions about it, but you know, as, as I've, Especially like being in the wave scene, um, where a lot of kids really just are producers first and have no intention of DJing or you know just didn't really care about DJing and are forced to pick it up. Um, I've definitely like, opened my mind to not being so closed minded. Like I think there's space for everyone. Yeah. You know, I think it's definitely you know there's there's room for the top forty DJs at the nightclubs. You know where the girls want bottle service. Like yeah. get the bag, I guess. You know, um, even though I've I've known some who like you know drop tracks or like people my new banger and I'm like this track is garbage but like <laughs> okay whatever like floats your boat um sure. right <laughs> but you know it, 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 it's daunting you know DJing isn't I mean it, it can be easy but to get into it it's difficult you know you, you look at a mixer and you're like what do all those knobs what do you know and once you know what the knobs do you're like oh sick that's yeah. not that's not the crazy but you know phrasing and mixing and keying all that stuff can be difficult um yeah. So, you know, I, I am personally, like, a, a huge fan of, like, controller-laptop combo um, for beginners. Like, I know some people are like, you should learn on CDJs right away. And I'm like, <laughs> no, get... CDJs don't have that much shit to do on them, though. Right, but... <laughs> right. And it's, it's hard to... I mean, you're asking a beginner to learn how to DJ and also how to, like, beat magic by ear, which is incredibly difficult. That's yeah. very difficult. So, for me, I'm just like, yo, get Serato, get Tractor, get a small little, like... Uh, Pioneer SB, <laughs> yeah, spend a hundred bucks. Like, don't. That's the other thing. CDJ is like a setup's like six k. You know, like go spend a hundred bucks on a you know beginner controller. See if it's even for you. Maybe you don't like DJing and you're like, I'm never gonna do this again. That's fine. You know, make a mix in Ableton. You know, um, so I think yeah, it, it's whatever you want to do with your music. If you want to be just a DJ, go for it. If you want to be just a producer, go for it. Uh, I think people should be more open to letting people experiment. You know, like if someone's like, hey, I'm I'm new to this. You know. Ease them into it. Like, yeah, right. like, go get a controller. Don't buy CDJs. Right. I really like that mindset. It's the first time I asked this question on the podcast. and It's a good one. I can't wait to see how it evolves right. from here. Um, so let's uh, kind of get into a little a little bit of um, retrospection or introspection, mm -hmm. if you will. Um, how long have you been producing music? I I started in college, like, uh, around the time that I started DJing, but it wasn't anywhere near as consistent as DJing, so I really only call, like, those years, like, one year. It wasn't until <laughs> that, I, like, right. I graduated college that I like, was, like, I should do more of this because, like, I have more time and I like it. Um, so, like, four or five years, I say. Okay, cool. That's a, that's a decent amount of time. So, if you could give yourself some advice... Oh, someone just texted me. <laughs> if you could give yourself some advice um, ten years ago... Um, or to even like an up and coming producer that's listening to this podcast mm -hmm. right now, what what advice would you give yourself or them? <sighs> Myself, it's tough because like I would love to say like work harder, but you know I've I've had this conversation too where like I had um, friends in college who like didn't really like do the social life, kind of just only produced music, and like 
I mean, I don't really know how far they've, I mean, times have changed. Like, they, they were doing really well for a while. I'm not sure how they are doing now. But, um, you know, I like to party. I like to DJ. I like to produce a little bit. So I could go back and be like, oh, work harder. But I, <laughs> I enjoyed my time, you know. Right. Um, I think, you know, and some of the stuff that I did that I would definitely recommend to others um, is take your time. Like, when I, um, I always kind of had this mindset of just, like, taking my time. Like, when I graduated and I was like, I'm going to pursue music more, I, I set a hard rule. I was like, so I, was, I graduated in 2016 and I was like, for a whole year, you can't release a song. I was like, I don't care if you write a song, you're like, this is incredible. I was like, don't release it. I don't care. And there were times where I almost broke my rule, but I was like, no, you made a promise. Don't do it. <laughs> and I think that is super important because like, I'm just going to be you know, pretty blunt. Like you make a lot of crap when you like first start producing, like, I'm yeah, sorry, like, definitely, unless you're like <laughs> classically trained, unless you have like some kind of crazy musical background before you got into producing. Even if you're, still, you don't get all of it. Right. Like being a producer is right. different. Right. You know? Take your time. And also what I did in that time that I would really recommend is uh, practice and produce a lot of different genres. Cause I didn't really know like, wait, cause I, I did dubstep before I had graduated and I knew that I kind of fell out of love with it. And I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Like I want to find my sound, you know? And I, through that year, I mean, I made I made house, I made dubstep, I made trap, I made Jersey Club, I made so many different genres in that one year, and a couple of those songs end up seeing the light of day in the Without project. That I went back, like actually the opening track um, on in the mix, uh, Facing You, was actually one of the tracks I wrote in that year. Um, that had kind of like the the wavy element. I was just doing it in a different way, and you end up going back and being like, oh, I can actually like use this. Um, but yeah, I think just taking your time. Not rushing. I know it can be hard because you see everyone else like dropping songs and getting big, but it's like if you, you know, people are more likely to write you off if you drop a song and it's not good, especially in the beginning with how many producers there are. You know, if you drop like a your your shitty first track, everyone's like, oh, another shitty producer. <laughs> but if you drop a flame first track, everyone's like, who the f the is, is this? Shit, like, right? I need more. Who are you? And that's that's happened. Like yeah. that's like Clancy Jones is a great example of like uh, I think. I don't think he even released anything. I think he just sent a bunch of tracks to Plastician. Plastician was like, yo, okay, this let's go. Um, <laughs> nice. That's fucking crazy. I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. um, so let's dive a little bit back into your background. Um, without, how did this project start? Where did the moniker come from? Um, I, what inspired that name? Mm -hmm. <laughs> God, this question I always feels so bad because I just wanted a cool looking. <laughs> oh my God. I just Aesthetic. Like, right. It, it literally, yeah. I was like, everyone's doing the cool, like, with like periods or like cool, like, slashes and stuff. And I was like, what's a cool, simple name? I went through like a couple iterations of just to make wild names with like crazy symbols and stuff. So I'm glad I ended up on uh, with that. I wanted something that looked cool. And I, I saw that one day. I was like, oh, it'd be kind of cool. So. It really has no meaning whatsoever. <laughs> it just looks cool. Um, but that's eh. great. That's great. It's funny because uh, when I ask producers, like sometimes the story can go on for fucking hours. But right. I, I love these stories where it's like, it has no meaning, really. Right, it's fucking right. I always feel so bad because I know people who like have, like, oh, it means this, it means that. And I'm like, that's dope. And I wish it had more meaning, but. Sorry, guys. It's just, it's just aesthetic. <laughs> right, literally. Okay, so what's going on with you music-wise? I know fucking 2020 has... <laughs> fuck every, fuck all right. of us, right? But what, what are you doing music-wise? Do you have some releases coming out? Um, are you going to be on some live streams here soon? What do you got going for the future? Right, so yeah, like I mentioned, the EP has been like my, my main focus. I wanted to write one last year, but... Um, I ended up kind of like giving up. I wasn't really ready. And I'm glad that I did. I'm glad that I gave up because 
what I'm doing now, I'm really happy with. And I feel like back then I was still trying to fit a mold. I was still trying to find who I was. And now I really know who I am and where I want this project to go. Nice. I'm incredibly excited about the EP. Um, so that's hopefully dropping, I think, beginning of 2021, probably like January or something. No cool. official date yet. but So that's been just like the primary focus. Um, once that's out, um, probably getting back to all the collabs that I sidelined hardcore um, if we have a collab, I'm sorry. Um, actually, I Soren, I have a collab with him. So, sorry, Igor. He's like, fuck. Right. Um, but uh, everyone's been patient, which is dope. So I'll probably get back to doing the collab grind for a while. And then, who knows? I actually really enjoyed writing the EP. I I didn't think... I mean, I, I, I knew I would enjoy writing. Obviously, I make music I write all the time. But it's actually been a lot cooler than I thought it'd be. Um, putting a whole body of work together, making it cohesive and consistent. And I really understand why people do that more. And I personally think... We, we lack that in the EDM community. We just, not a lot of full bodies of work. Um, yeah. And when there are some, like not pointing any fingers or calling anyone out, like sometimes it's just like, I don't know, like some people will just make like an album that's like a house track, a dubstep track, a trap track, a Moomba track. And it's like- How is this an album? Right, it's like, that's <laughs> dope that you can do that, I guess, but like- It's not really an album. Right. The album has to flow. Right, it's like, who, who are you though? Because right now you're just showing me you can produce a bunch of different genres, which is lit, but like, I don't know. So, um, and that's one thing I love about the wave community. Um, in particular, a lot of people drop bodies of work. I'm like, yeah. my friend Noah B just finally dropped his like long-awaited, um, heavy armor LP and it's beautiful and it's an amazing follow-up to his album South Hills and in between that time I don't think he dropped much in between like the I believe two years between the releases and you know it was a long wait but it was a worthwhile wait um, and I love that and you know his fan base was eager for the release like I, I I'm, I'm a huge fan of him and I was eager and when it came out I was like yes finally you know nice. um, so hopefully more more EPs yeah that's badass. Yeah, it's funny um, when you talk about collabs and things like that. Um, when I first started producing music, I was doing the same thing, kind of just making bangers here and there and shit and just throwing them out there, blah, right. blah, blah. But like now I've, I've really focused on like the wave and the future mm -hmm. garagey aspects mm -hmm. of music simply because it is so emotional and it does right. tell a story. Right. And um, <laughs> speaking of collabs, I got to collab with fucking Murky Merc, Mercurial. Hey. You know? <laughs> some shit right now but it's just it's a slow ride it's always a slow process but in this community i just think that's how it goes because wave and future garage and just shit like that like it is art man it's artistic right. expression and don't get me wrong dubstep and banger community i love you guys right, right. it's got it's got i mean i still i love no I mean, like when shows were happening i would love going to a let's show get getting, hype getting lit and just banging my head off so like right? I, I still got it's still got a place in my heart yeah but there i just think there's a lot more um a lot more like you said patience that goes into right. it a lot uh, a lot more thought right that goes into our genres of music right. um so yeah let's go ahead and move forward if you could recommend anyone for third coast based radio i know and this is what i love this show because goddamn dude like artists and producers are unlimited you guys are everywhere right. we're everywhere we in this bitch but <laughs> if you could recommend um a couple of your friends that you might want on the show you know in the near future who would you recommend oh man there's so many <laughs> the, the on the spot who do you shout out who did you shout out hey who gave you a shout out <laughs> right um you know i gotta shout out my colorado crew uh just connor he's one of my greatest friends um he's awesome he's working on a ton of heat um he's awesome um also my friend uh bounce he makes amazing shit and he's been working a lot and uh he showed us some previews and some stuff and it's really great nice. um they're really unique also my friend uh Cy cody he's out in uh the springs uh he makes just incredible music um uh, we were actually messing around on some collabs that um hopefully we'll see the light of day once his ep is out um amazing producer yeah they're 
there's there's so many that I could shout out, but those three in particular, I, I just they're they're killing it and they make music really like from the heart, and that's one thing that I really love. Nice, yeah, we're definitely gonna reach out to them after that. Um, with this podcast is has a lot of um expansion ideas in the mix so we're going to be down to probably like two two to three episodes per month starting nice. next year because just fucking interest is blew up so right. bad That's awesome. so definitely going to reach out to them um so let's talk about where can anyone find you if you want someone to find your music where can they find you mm-hmm. see the the nice thing about uh without moniker is that no one else really had it <laughs> So nice. every single social link, every single thing is just, you know, twitter.com slash uh, this is without. So everything is this is without Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, everything, Audius <laughs> um, is all. <laughs> it's blowing up. <laughs> right. Uh, is all this is without. So really you just can search that on, you know, at the end URL and you'll find me. Badass. You know, one thing I really wish I did when I was fucking thinking of my metaphysic moniker. Like, it's a cool name, mm-hmm. but the search and optimization is not that cool. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. But it's cool because when I throw in metaphysic raver, that's my handle on shit, it does pop up. Nice. But I don't want to be like, hey, guys, I'm metaphysic raver. Right, like, you right. Know, but yeah, I wish I thought about that, but... Hey, I was in high school and I was smoking weed. What can right. you do? <laughs> it, it comes, it, you know, it comes with just more time. Like I remember like, when I obviously when I, well, you know, W slash O U T is pretty, you know, pretty random word. Yeah. You know, searching that in Google didn't really bring up anything, but actually, surprisingly, now it does, which is pretty nice. pretty sick. So <laughs> just time. Eventually, they're like, okay, this person is like doing something. Like we'll give them a little a little space on the front page. Yeah, and you know, cool thing, third coast based radio. The SEO on that is fucking amazing. There like you, you pull that shit up, it's like Boom. so. I need to go ahead and get my DBA before someone steals my idea. There you no. go. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Um, so I just want to thank you so much for being on the show, Danny. You've been an amazing guest, and your music was beautiful. Thank you. Um, I just want to give you an opportunity if you have any last words for the music universe out there. Now's your chance. Oh man, this might be the hardest part. <laughs> I don't know. Just uh, if you're a producer. Make music that speaks true to you. Don't worry about fitting any labels. Um, if you're a listener, um, support your artists, especially during this time where everyone needs support. You know, even if it's a simple tweet, Facebook post, a repost, everything goes a long way. And just yeah, be kind to each other and support each other. Fuck yeah, I think that's a very important message. I mean. You know, Thanksgiving's coming up, so a lot of people are gonna have the time to be, you know, a little retrospective with their family, and just it's it's really all about love, guys. At the end of the day, and. and just fucking love people and be be a good person. Danny, I really appreciate you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This was great. Thank you so much.
Yo, so that mix was just super magical. We got Miranda on the line, AKA Mercurial. Um, say what's up to the people, Miranda. Hey, what's going on guys? Oh my God, um, just amazing, amazing sauce. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, so let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Um, what's your background? What's your origin story? Um, who's Miranda? My origin story. I mean, <laughs> that's a, a big question to ask. I don't know. I'm from just like from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, I have a daughter. She's eight years old. Her name is Louise. I call her Wheezy for short. Um, I started making music maybe just over three years ago, just because I was a stay-at-home mom and I always loved music, and I wanted to like do something creative and productive at the same time from home and that would seem to be like my outlet and I've stuck with it ever since. Nice, interesting. So you say about three years ago. So do you have a previous um, like musical background? Um, what was the initial spark where you wanted to create music? Did you just kind of just hop into it, you know, dive right into it? Uh, initially, like in high school, I was taking uh, guitar lessons. I was really into um, Matthew Good, he's from Canada. Um, he's kind of like the equivalent of wave music to and rock music, like to rock music. I don't know, you have to check him out. His older stuff, though, not his newer stuff, his older stuff. It sounds like wave music to me. I don't know. But uh, I started with guitar, and then I kind of learned piano on my own. And then I quit for a bit because I went to uh, acting school in New York and L.A., and then after that was done, uh, moved back home and had a baby and then started producing music, which was like learning how to speak another language, pretty much the whole different ballgame. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's quite a journey right there. Um, do you believe that, um, like, you say you played like the guitar and the piano first. You kind of have like a little bit of um, instrumental um, experience. Do you believe that helped you when you decided to pick up the doll? You said when you picked it up, it was kind of like learning another language. But like, um, do you feel like that experience kind of helped you out? I I I think in some way it did. Um, like when you're making a track and making sure everything's like in tune and stuff, like by ear, that like I really not very musically trained at all, but <laughs> okay. my ear is, and I know like what sounds good and what doesn't pretty okay. much. So what was the pivotal point in your life where you were like, okay, this is, this is what I want to focus on. Uh, it was probably, Maybe the first time, I'm trying to think of what track it would have been, an older track, um, and it, it made, my track I made myself gave me goosebumps, and at that point, it was like, okay, this is, I gotta keep, I gotta, it was like a, a sugar rush, I needed it more. Nice. So yeah. what, what, um, what inspired, and like I said, you had a, you know, some previous experience playing like instruments and stuff, but what, what, um, inspired the, 
the Mercurial Project. Where did that moniker come from? What was the inspiration behind that? Uh, initially, I my moniker was spelled Mercurial because my name is Miranda Curiel, spelled M-E-R-A-N-D-A Curiel, C-U-R-I-A-L. So Mercurial is a word, and it kind of like, I don't know, I feel like that the the definition of mercurial is like very uh, un- um, unexpected and you know what I mean? So I thought that would work perfectly. But when you look on SoundCloud, there are like hundreds of <laughs> other people who use mercurial spelled mercurial. So in the wave uh, music community, there's a lot of people who like spell their names like I don't know, fancy and different, like with different, uh, it's spelled differently, but sounds, um, when you sound it out, it sounds like, it looks like the actual word, like rectangle. It took me forever to figure out how to say his name. And when I finally got it, I was like, oh my God, that's rectangle. So that's why my name is spelled so differently. I really appreciate like the intelligence behind that because I wish I did that with my moniker metaphysic. Like it's so damn smart. I love metaphysic. It's a really nice one, but now I'll just like, you know, I don't want to do the whole rebranding thing. I'm like, whatever. I'll just, I'll, I'll write it out. But yo, that search engine optimization is the smartest thing I was talking to without about that. And it's just really smart, like super smart. (laughs) And I should have thought about that. I like that though. I really like the I like the moniker and how it's spelled out. So um, <laughs> kudos to that. Thank you. Um, so let's Thank go ahead. And let's jump into like you know your mix and your tracks and your songs. I kind of want to dive into you as a producer now. So um, yeah, let's just go ahead and get into your mix. Uh, let's talk about you, you know your sound selection and things like that. Uh, I try to. Well, for this mix, I'm trying to incorporate everything uh, new, a lot of as nice. much new stuff as I can because I I've been doing a lot of mixes and I have like my good songs that I've played out so much, but I feel like it's time for like more new stuff. And um, I mean, there are some good favorites that I still put on there, but um, just trying to like bring forward like a new mercurial sound, I guess. You know, I it's funny, like listening through it, it, it really got me just thinking, just the wave community as a whole, just I really love how emotionally evolved like a lot of the, the tracks are. So let's kind of dive into, you know, you, um, just uh, how do you begin your artistic creative flow when you start to begin making the tracks that you produced on the mix? Uh, what, for a single track, when I start making it, um, it usually starts with just like a single sound, like, uh, like an atmospheric sound or just something very, very simple. It's, my whole process is weird, but it starts with something like a, a single note drone, like, or a single note piano, like, stretched out. That's that's how I start each track, and then I build on that. But I always, like, I don't know if I'm new. Like, I feel like every time I'm making something, I'm 
make it more maybe emotional or I, the stuff I make, I feel like I, I'm not going to appreciate my own music unless I feel something from it. So what I make, I'm feeling something from it. Does that make sense? No, I like that. Um, I, I do appreciate, um, uh, and it's something I was talking, you know, with without about too, especially like in the wave community that it is, it has that emotional factor, you know, and um, while you can appreciate, you know, a three minute, you know, three and a half minute banger at a, you know, at a festival, the replay value is very low. And one thing that I appreciate about in like the wave and the future garage community is that it, it starts with that emotional factor with the producers first. And I think mm -hmm. it, it takes it somewhere else. Definitely. I, I also feel like wave music is music you can listen to by yourself and yes. have like that yes kind of like ref your like time alone and like reflecting and I don't know but you're not going to listen to like a mainstream EDM banger when you're just hanging out at home by yourself unless you that's like what you want to do but that's not what I do so. <laughs> like if that's your thing go ahead I'm like maybe yeah, when, maybe when I'm cleaning up or some shit you know but <laughs> So, all right, so let's talk about it. Um, I always try and pander to the other producers that are listening because they just love constantly debating about shit like this. But it's a pretty a pretty intense debate, too, though. So what what's your go-to doll? What do you use? Uh, I use Ableton. Okay. And do you have any experience with other dolls? What do you feel about the doll itself? Do you feel like it's just a tool or like um, uh, an instrument, per se? I I started on, um, when I first started making music, I started uh, making music with Mixcraft. It's like, uh, um, I mean, the sounds were good. I kind of wish I kept it just to, like, rip sounds from uh, that dog. <laughs> but uh, workflow-wise, it wasn't, wasn't the best. I really appreciate Ableton's like workflow and that you have the ability to use it as like a tool to play live shows. I play, my preference is to play a live show and I use Ableton to do it. Nice. Okay. And how, how do you normally perform your live shows? Are you using like your MIDI controllers? Do you hook up hardware? Are you a hardware person? Do you believe more in software? What's your philosophy on that? Well, I, when I play live shows now, I usually have like my MIDI keyboard, and then I have the like a uh, like a fader, a Kai like fader thing for all of like my um, filters and stuff like that. Yeah. But I do want to get into playing live instruments on top of that. But that being said, when I do a live show, I do have like the synthesizers within the DAW. Um, program so I can play out like live parts of tracks while I'm playing a show. Okay, so do you have like a what's your what's your favorite like I guess maybe software synth or VST instrument that you go to um, when you're either producing or you're performing a live show? Um, hands down, Omnisphere. Oh, I just got Omnisphere and oh my fucking God. It Why didn't no one tell like me about life. this? Why didn't no one tell me about Omnisphere? Yeah. That shit's crazy. Omnisphere is amazing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, yes, yes. Omnisphere is a really good one. Um, and it's funny because I, I went through like a, a hardware phase and I got a bunch of hardware. But as soon as I picked up, and it's Omnisphere is really awesome too because it has a hardware synth integration. So yeah. um, it talks to your hardware and it's just like, oh, wow. Oh my God. <laughs> it's Even like uh, field recordings, you can stick in there and like use that software, like the Omnisphere software to mess with a field recording. It's fucking amazing. Like why didn't, and this yeah. shit's been around for a long ass time too. And I'm like, oh wow. I've been sleep for quite some time. <laughs> so if you don't mind, let's go ahead and jump. I want to like talk about your work-life balance as a producer. And if I'm not mistaken, you are potentially the first parent producer we've had on the show. So hey, that's badass. I really, I really like that. But it also astounds me. How the fuck do you get anything done? I'm sorry. Like, what? What is your <laughs> what's your schedule? What do you do? Uh, I mean, it was a lot easier before the COVID nineteen pandemic hit because my daughter Louise, her nickname's Weezy, she's eight years old, but she would be in school from eight thirty a.m. to three p.m. Monday to Friday. It's so cool. I had it's a trap. all of that time. <laughs> all of that time to work on music. But now since COVID-19 is here and it's not going anywhere, I have, I, she's doing homeschooling now or distance learning and I'm pretty much at this point repeating grade three with her. The teacher spends zero, almost zero time with her. So I'm doing all of the schoolwork with her throughout the day. So it's very hard right now to find time to, to make music, but so interesting. I, I gotta like figure out how to stay up later and sleep less, I guess. <laughs> I was like, what's your caffeine intake? <laughs> Quite high. <laughs> okay, another question. This kind of it just popped up randomly, it's out of fucking nowhere. But you're in Canada and uh, I think one of my favorite um shows come from Canada. Have you ever seen Trailer Park Boys? Yes, I have. What do you feel about Trailer Park Boys? They they're fucking hilarious, right? <laughs> it's like stupid funny it, it, I don't I love them but it's like if you try and like retell it to somebody else who's never seen it they won't get it At you all. have like it's one of those things that you have to be <laughs> you have to like stupid humor but I love trailer park boys yeah me and my friend uh we were actually just I think we were like getting high in his backyard or something like that. And um, we just come back in the house and this show just randomly starts playing, but it was Trailer Park Boys. And it's like Jim Leahy acting a fool, falling downstairs, like, and we were like, what is this? And then we researched it and found out and watched like pretty much every episode. And uh, it's the most hilarious comedy doc cursory I've ever seen in my life, honestly. And I just, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't the only person. <laughs> Are you talking about like the, it's like a meme of Jim Leahy walking out of his trailer falling down? That was like literally backwards? the first episode that I saw, that one. And I was like, what in the hell is this? So. And then he like still has his drink in his hand. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. So it's really funny because um, I'm in this collective called Forest Boys. Um, they joke about it, but it was for like a Sakai showcase in Seattle. I was had a drink in my hand and I fell 
walking like off the stage backwards. I don't know what I was thinking, but I fell off the stage, landed on my like back, but I and then stood up and I still had my drink like full. Legendary. <laughs> so they, so the fourth boys now like that's their meme about me is I'm like Jim Leahy, like that. That's great. That is great. Oh, I love Trailer Park Boys. All right, so let's, uh, sorry, I, I like to spin off sometimes. Um, but let's, okay. let's jump back into it. Um, I always ask people this. Um, you've been making music, you said, for a few years on the DAW, and you've you know, been doing stuff on instruments and things like that. Um, but as far as being a, um, a musically creative artist or a musical producer, do you feel like that lifestyle or that experience has taught you something that you might have not gotten otherwise um i i mean being creative i've always kind of been creative but i the i think the biggest thing is being a producer is receiving um critiques or like feedback from people once you release something um even now i'm like very hesitant to release things even though they're they sound great I just like have this whole thing that I need to one-up like my last best track type thing so I find it like harder and harder each time to each like track to release because it's like is this as good as my last best track (laughs) and but um that's not valuable that I learned it's nothing valuable that I learned but um I am trying to learn that I make music for me and not for other people. It's hard, though, because hearing good feedback from people is, like, reassuring. Yeah. In this, like, industry, because there's so many people doing it, and to have good feedback, it means you must be doing something right. But if you get any negative feedback, it's like, oh, why? I don't know. It's a hard industry to get into. Yeah, especially in the wave community. I mean, well, the wave community in America, or North America at least, I mean, over on the other hemisphere, it's doing pretty well. It's kind of blowing up. But over here, it's it's kind of getting there. It's it's a little different. So I totally understand that. Um, what is, you said you've been doing this for a little bit, but if you could go back and give yourself some advice 10 years from now, or like an up-and-coming producer that's listening to this show right now, if you could give them some advice, what advice would you give yourself for them? Mm. Uh, trying to think. Advice. Always, uh, or use more than just your studio monitors to mix down. Depending on your space, it could sound different. So, like, bounce your track out, like, after you mix it, listen to it in your car, listen to it off your phone. It's going to sound different. Uh, It's hard to, like, gauge, because I know we all don't have, like, a professional studio with the sound buffering things up on the side. Like, my studio right now is the unfinished basement with a, like a cardboard wall separating my kids' playroom between my studio. Hey. So it, <laughs> it, it works, but like 
And I've got, like, egg cartons hung up around it just to, like, because it's not the best sound. But it, you have to just use more than just your studio monitors to do your mix sound. That's all i got to say. That's great. You know, I think, and it's funny because this question always fucking ends up leading to the philosophical side, but I think that's the first time a producer has actually given some technical advice. So <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate that. That's the first time I'm like, they're like, actually, you should just do this, like do that. So yeah, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, so what do you feel, and this is a new question that I just incorporated for this show uh, specifically, that's going to be a new question going forward, but um, like the DJ only versus the producer only that are in the worlds they, you know, usually get burned by. So it's like a DJ that only DJs doesn't have an original track or a producer that tries the DJ his own tracks and it sounds terrible. What do you feel about like like that community per se or even like that i guess that tension there is between producers and djs well i didn't know there was any tension but i know as me i'm not a dj and when i do dj my own tracks i they're not i don't dj like a normal dj i play to like my more um like my breakdown the more ambient and spread out, so it's easy for me to <laughs> mix my tracks that way, but, um, I mean, it, being a DJ is completely different than being a producer, right? Both, either or, you can't be expected to do something that you aren't, that you aren't, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's funny. I, I like how you kind of took a, a very non-political stance there because there's, <laughs> there's a, lot of, a lot of people out there. Um, and I've kind of just, and this is what, what I was saying, you know, like, just let a motherfucker live. Can someone just live their life? That's how they choose to express themselves. But a lot of areas, yeah. if it's like you're, if you're just a DJ and you have no original tracks... People are like, oh, blah, 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 you're not a real artist. But it's like, well, he's DJing really fucking good. So what's the problem and here? He's DJing <laughs> tracks that he really appreciates and which he likes yep. that he wants to share with everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. And even with the producer, know. even with the producer, that's like, oh, he might not be that well at mixing tracks, but this is your own original art and I appreciate it. But yeah, mm -hmm. like I said, this is a new question that I've been asking and I... Just having a lot of conversations with a lot of different musical musical artists, it, it it goes all over the place. So I just wanted to incorporate that question into my future interviews. Um, so it's a good one to ask. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, what what's going on with you in the future? Like as far as projects and things of that nature, um, I know. Um, you probably have some unreleased tracks working on. I sent you some fucking stems that we might be working on, hush hush, things like that. But like, what what do you got going on as far as Mercurial? And I know 2020 has basically said, hey, sit your ass down. But like, what do you have planned for 2020 and like your future from here? Um, I mean, big things. Um... I am in the Noir Collective out of Poland. So, I mean, this this uh, summer I was supposed to, or yes, 
end of summer, I was supposed to go out there and like play a few shows, but because of COVID, it didn't happen. So if uh, within the next year, if this COVID thing deletes itself, then um, I'll be going to Poland, and hopefully in that time, I can get like some shows booked around Europe and Russia, so it's not just like a one-stop shop. I can get it all in in like a week or so. Going hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like uh, when um, me and Sorcery, um, I'm not sure if you are uh, if you know the, the producer. I don't think so. Sorry, my kid's trying to like uh, talk to me with hand movements while I'm on the phone. This is really distracted. What? What we? What was that? Yeah, and like, Two minutes. Sorry, my kid was trying to talk to me with hand, like being doing sign language, but nice. I was. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but other things that I have coming, uh, other things that are coming up is I do have a collab with you that is on this mix, well, part of it, and then um, there's also a ton of new stuff that me and Sorcery have been working on that is coming out soon. Um. That's about it. Okay, awesome. You know, I love the rawness of Third Coast Space Radio because motherfuckers be like, hey, you're going to edit that out? And I'm like, no, not at all. <laughs> not <laughs> at all. Okay, um, so let's talk about this. Where can people find you? This is the most important part, your shameless plug. Where can people find you on social media, uh, music platforms, things of that nature? What is your uh, at sign? Mercurial, so M R K R Y L. Pretty much on Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, um, Spotify, anywhere. M R K R Y L. I'm so angry at that. Why didn't I just like remove a couple of letters? Damn it. <laughs> just remove a letter or two you oh, oh my god nah but you know one thing i do appreciate third coast based radio the search engine optimization on that is like 1000 percent. it always goes directly to me so i appreciate that but metaphysic i should have thought it out a little bit longer <laughs> you can always change it no i don't want to rebrand like rebranding is like it's basically saying hey I suck. <laughs> I didn't make it on the first round. Oh, wait. No, ex producers, don't fucking come at me for saying that. I got a lot of people who rebranded, so let me not say that out loud. They're going to be like, bro. <laughs> I rebranded, like, so I maybe after first year of making music. I had a couple different monikers, and I think that's a little different than, like, well, rebranding, well, it's, it's all in the same tree, but... I don't know. When I think of like metaphysic, I'm like, okay, if I just like turn that A into a V, I could. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so silly. Okay. Um, Miranda, I really want to thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I really appreciate your mix. Your music was beautiful. Um, and this is the opportunity where I just kind of give you the opportunity to say your last words to whoever may be listening, um, you know, parents, parent producers who still want to make shit happen, um, female producers who still, you know, they have that dream or just, you know, just last words in general. Now's your chance. Uh, 
I'll just keep it simple, and I'm just going to say, hey, wavy boys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Splash. I really like that. Yes. Thank you so much, Brando. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me.
from us than our own moon.
ladies and gentlemen. That last mix that you just heard was Igor Sorn, otherwise known as Isorn. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have the time to sit down for an interview with Isorn, but he still blessed us with his all original mix. Yo, shout out Isorn. I really appreciate it. Hope you're doing well out there, buddy. Keep your head up. Stay safe. Bless. Yo, so there you have it. Third Coast Base Radio, Season 2, Episode 18. Be sure to like us and the respective artists involved. Happy holidays, bitches. Don't run over grandma during Black Friday shopping. Stay wavy, boys. Blow. Pop, pop, pop.